Uh, Scripture uh, commands uh, you and me to be a people of thanksgiving. We, we, are, we are commanded by the God uh, who made us uh, to be a people who give thanks. Uh, Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Um, God's word uh, commands us to be a people of thanksgiving, but there is a way that we can give thanks as the people of God that does not uh, glorify God or honor God, and there's a way that we can give thanks as the people of God uh, that makes much of God. Uh, When we give thanks out of a a heart that grumbles and not a heart of gratitude, um, that's not God-glorifying. Right? All of us have probably had that experience before around Christmas time where we're sitting around the Christmas tree with family and as a kid you remember opening up a present from an aunt, an uncle, a, a grandma, a grandpa, a mom or dad and you notice something that you didn't ask for and maybe you didn't want. Like maybe you've landed a new pair of boxer briefs or a new pair of socks and you really wanted a video game. And your mom or dad looks over to you and says, say thank you, say thank you. And so you, with clenched jaw and gritted teeth, go, thank, thank you, thank you. But you don't really mean it. I mean, you say it, but you don't mean it. That is not the kind of thanks that God calls us to. Right? He calls us to be a people who, out of hearts full of gratitude, uh, give thanks to God. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, It is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So God extends and gives his grace. Right? He gives us gifts, and what that does is it, it builds gratitude in our hearts. And so we give God thanks uh, for what he has done, and then that glorifies God. It makes much of him. And yet all of us would probably readily admit that sometimes it can be challenging to respond in gratitude uh, when we are by nature grumblers. Right? We're by nature grumblers. We, we by nature notice maybe the things that we don't have or the things that we want or the situation that we're in and we dream about what could be but what isn't. And when we do that, ultimately we start to grumble and complain about our lot in life. And so this morning I want us to think about reasons that we grumble and how to respond in a heart of gratitude. Reasons we grumble in a heart Uh, how to respond in a heart full of gratitude. And I want to look at a familiar uh, Thanksgiving Day text from Numbers chapter 4. And so, (laughs) that's not true. Uh, But we are going to look at Numbers uh, chapter 14. And so if you have your Bibles, please uh, turn with me there. Numbers chapter 14, just to kind of set the stage for you as we uh, walk into this passage. God's uh, people, the Israelites, were uh, slaves in Egypt. 
right? And God miraculously uh, delivered them from slavery. He sent uh, plagues to stir Pharaoh's heart to let the people go. You remember this? Uh, God did miraculous things to free uh, his people to deliver them from the Egyptian army. And then what he does is he cares for them. He provides for them. He protects them. He offers promises uh, to them. He, he promises a land that's going to be flowing with milk and honey. He says, I'm going to give you a great place uh, to live. It's going to be in a wonderful location. Uh, you guys are going to love it. And then later in the story, God says to Moses, hey, I want you to send some spies uh, to check out the new land that I'm going to give to the people. Right? I, w- I want you to send people to look at the land that I'm going to give to them. God says, I'm going to give them the land. It's theirs. I'm going to give it to them. And so you know how the story goes. Moses sends uh, the spies to check out the land, and they come back, and there are conflicting reports. Uh, there's a large group of people that says that's a really a nice place, but there's really big people. Right? There's no way we can defeat them. But there's a couple guys full of faith, Joshua and Caleb, uh, who say it's a beautiful land and God's going to give it to us. Right? So conflicting reports. Now I want you to watch how uh, the people respond because I think it teaches us something about uh, grumbling. Uh, Numbers chapter 14 verse 1 says, Then all the congregation uh, raised a loud cry, And the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back uh, to Egypt. So the the people grumble and complain. And I think this text is going to teach us at least five uh, reasons why they, and likely five reasons why we, uh, have a tendency uh, to grumble. And the, the first reason that we notice is because of this. Kids, what is this? Life. Yes, they grumble. Who here likes life cereal? A couple, a couple people. I see one person under 30 that likes it. Okay, another hand. Wonderful. When I was a kid, I used to love life cereal. I would, I would sometimes walk by the box of life cereal, stick my hand into the box of cereal, and eat the life. Occasionally, I would pour a bowl and, and put milk over it, and I would wait the appropriate amount of time um, so the milk could seep down into the life cereal. Um, and, I, and I would love it if the milk was in there for about 30 seconds to a minute. If you wait any longer than that, it's soggy. It's lousy, right? And sometimes life is soggy. Right? Sometimes the circumstances of life are disappointing. Sometimes you look around at where God has you in that moment and you think to yourself, I don't want this. Right? That's exactly what God's people did in Numbers chapter 14. God had been faithful to them. God had delivered them. He had been gracious to them. He had provided for them. He had given promises to them. And they looked at the situation they were in and they said, we hate this. 
Like, send us back. We do not like where you have us right now. One of the reasons that we, as a people of God, grumble is because we look at our circumstances and we go, God, I'm not happy about it. Right? At, at school, I don't, I don't like my classes, or I don't like my teachers, or I don't like my friend group, or I don't like how I'm doing in math, or I don't like where, my, uh, where I'm thinking about going to college, or I don't like my relationship status. I don't, uh, I don't like where God has me right now in my work. I'm not super excited financially where he has me. We look at all the circumstances that we experience in life, and we go, God, I am, I'm not happy. One of the reasons that God's people grumbled is because they looked at their circumstances in life uh, and they said, God, we are not happy where you have us. And so they started to grumble and complain and they wanted to go back to the way that things were. Uh, But if you're familiar with the story, you remember that the way that things were probably weren't as fantastic as you remember them being. Right, another reason that we grumble or complain is, is not just because of life's uh, circumstances, but because of uh, forgetfulness. I have with me uh, this morning the memory game. Who played the memory game growing up? Come on. Who here feels that it's more difficult to play this game as you get older? Keep your hands high. Yeah, you remember the memory game. You put down all the cards, and, and you're usually playing with your four, five, six-year-old, and you start flipping things over, and you're like, oh, there's, there's an apple, like there's, there's a lemon. You flip them back over. You're like, there's, there's a train, like, there, like there are, there's, there's a car, and you flip those back over. You're like, there's, there's an apple, and you're like, oh, I, I remember the apple. I remember I turned over the apple just 30 seconds ago and you look at all these little cards and you have no recollection. You have no idea where the other apple is. Why? Because you forgot. Did you ever forget something before? Did you ever have an experience that was good? Maybe God revealed himself. God was gracious to you. You remember it in the moment, but it doesn't take long for us to forget. It doesn't take long for us to forget. God has a track record of faithfulness with his kids, but oftentimes we can go through an experience, remember it for a moment, and then forget about it. One of two things happen. Uh, the first is we can either idealize the past, right? We remember the past and we go, those were the days, or we just forget God's faithfulness, right? So you know what? It's, have you ever forgotten the past before, God's goodness in the past? It happened to God's people. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them, To inflict them with heavy burdens, they built for Pharaoh store cities, Apithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So listen to verse 13. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves. And made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. 
Right? So th- this is what it was like back in the day. Right? And now they find themselves in a situation where God has delivered them. He's made a promise to them. And they are saying, boy, those were the days. Boy, if we could just go back. Right? If we could go back to the way that things were. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever thought to yourself, boy, those were the good old days. I had a friend recently that was uh, talking to me about the statistics of, of married couples as they get older, how many will go back on a Facebook and look up their old boyfriend or girlfriend from high school. Right? They'll look up their, their first love. Because right? they're thinking to themselves, boy, those were the days. No, they weren't. <laughs> those weren't the days. You broke up. And it didn't work out. There were issues. You fought. You moved on. But time passes and you think to yourself, boy, if we could just go back to the way that it was. God's people find themselves in a situation where they, they have forgotten the way things used to be. And they've forgotten God's track record of faithfulness. They, they had a memory problem. Right? They had a memory problem. You and I can suffer from the same thing. Not only did they have a memory problem or forgetfulness problem, but they started uh, comparing their current situation uh, to their previous situation. Have you ever compared anything before? Of course you have. We compare things all of the time. I have a comparison this morning. Pepsi and Coke. Coke and Pepsi. Ever compare the two before? Do you know why the Coke is almost gone? Because it's good. It's better. It's better. This, you know why it's not opened? Because nobody likes it. It's Pepsi. This is good. This is bad. I saw a little meme one time online of a a gentleman that was uh, at a restaurant, and he asked the server, "Um, I would like to order a Coke, please. And the server said, is Pepsi okay? And he replied, is Monopoly money okay? But it's not the same. Like, one is good. One is not. I'll let you decide. There are times in life when we find ourselves comparing our current circumstances to our past circumstances. Right? We're looking back. We can look back a week. We can look by, back a year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and we're going, it was better then than it is today. God's people did the same thing. Exodus 16, verses 2 and 3, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and the people of Israel and said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by meat pots ate, uh, and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out of this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Right? They're, they're looking back to their time in slavery and going, oh, we had full tummies then. Right? Those were the days. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Did you ever compare the circumstances that you find yourself in today with circumstances from yesterday or a year ago, five years ago, or ten years ago? And what that does is it, is it, it kind of grows in us this, um, this uh, sense of disappointment. Right? We, we start to grumble because we go, man, that was, it, was, it, was, it was better. Back. I've compared them. I've thought about strengths and weaknesses, and it was, it was better back then. No, it wasn't. One of the reasons that we complain as a people is we start uh, comparing. 
Another reason why is because just quite frankly, we have an obstructed view. The text doesn't uh, say it implicitly, but it's, I mean, it's there. You notice it. Like people saw this much of what God was doing. They saw this much of what God was doing. Right? The reality is, is we don't see what God is doing. Like we don't, we don't see how everything plays out a year from now or, or 10 years from now or 50 years from now. We, we see what is right in front of us. Right? And we make judgments and assumptions uh, based on what we see when we don't see the whole picture. Uh, when I was a little kid, I used to go to Old Tiger Stadium. I used to go watch the Detroit Tigers play. And a couple of times, uh, I had the privilege of sitting behind home plate at Old Tiger Stadium. Now, you think it would probably be a pretty cool thing to sit behind home plate at Old Tiger Stadium. But one of the problems sitting behind home plate in Old Tiger Stadium is, is the whole second level uh, was over your head, right? And so you could see some of the action that would take place right in front of you, but whenever a fly ball would be hit, guess what would happen, right? The ball would disappear. So as a little kid, I'm sitting behind home plate and I'm watching the game and my favorite player would come up to bat and he would hit a fly ball and I'm thinking to myself, this could go all the way. Right, this could be a home run. I stand up, I start cheering, and then the shortstop catches it right? because I lost the ball. But I saw this much of the action, and then all of a sudden, the ball disappeared, and I didn't see. Right, the reality is that we live much of life not seeing what is very far in front of us. Like, we, we just see this, but we don't see what God is doing over there. We're like the kids sitting behind home plate. Like the five-year-old or the six-year-old that sits behind the adult in the movies and is trying to look over just so they can get a picture of the screen, but their view is blocked. I think one of the reasons that we grumble as the people of God is because we just don't see what God's doing. Like, we don't know. Like we have these experiences and we make these decisions and we take a step, but sometimes all we see is that step. Right? God lights the path right here, but no further. And so we step. But we don't see, and sometimes when we don't see, we don't believe. That's the fifth reason that I think sometimes we grumble instead of have a heart of gratitude. Right? It's just unbelief. Right? Unbelief. Like God... God God's made these massive promises to his kids. Like these promises all throughout uh, his word. And yet we just don't take him at his word. We don't believe what he says. That's what uh, Numbers chapter 14 verse 11 says. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them. I just feel like God still says that to us. Like, like, look at what I've done for you. Like, look at, look at my track record of faithfulness through the years. Look at my graciousness that I've extended to you. And we still will not believe. And I wonder if God speaks these words to us. How long will you not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done for you? It is commanded in Scripture uh, that we as a people give thanks. And when God commands us to give thanks, he, he wants our thanksgiving to come out of a heart of gratitude, like full hearts that go like, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. He does not want us through clenched jaw and gritted teeth to go, you know, thanks. 
Right? That is not pleasing to the Lord. God wants to stir in our hearts a love and an affection uh, for him and out of a heart, out of love and affection for him, uh, to give him thanks for who he is and for what he's done. Uh, so, so how can we uh, develop or, or grow uh, a heart of gratitude? Three things real quickly. The first is to respond in repentance, to respond in repentance. Uh, has there ever been a time in your life when uh, God has reminded you uh, that you are uh, a grumbler and your heart is not full of gratitude? Has it ever happened to you before? Like, have you ever thought to yourself, for whatever reason, you're looking around and you're going, man, I'm not happy with this gig. I can't tell you, there's, there's been a handful of times in, in my life uh, specifically where God has uh, provided in like supernatural, unbelievable ways just financially for my family. Like, <laughs> like it's getting to the point where it's obnoxious to even begin to list them. He has been so gracious and he has been so kind to us. There's something that happens that we didn't plan for, that we didn't prepare for, and it just seems like God graciously provides for us in those moments. And I can't tell you how many times when God has done that where I've responded and I've gone, thank you, Lord. And then almost immediately after that, I've thought to myself, boy, it sure would be nice if we didn't have to take care of this. Sure would be nice if we didn't have to pay that off. Sure would be nice if this didn't break down. It sure, like God just gave, like he provided for us in unbelievable ways. And I go from going, God, thank you to, boy, it sure would be nice if. And that's, like, that's sin. That's sin. That is ugly. That is ugly. Right, and so when we notice times in life when, when we, we have hearts that grumble and are not full of gratitude, we just come to the Lord and we just call it what it is and we go, God, like, forgive me. Man, I have, my heart is a fickle thing. Forgive me, God, forgive me. And he does, he meets us. He meets us in that moment and he extends to us forgiveness. And so we respond in repentance and then we re- make a request of God. We say, God, change me. Man, I wish I could say that that only happened before I knew Jesus. I wish I could say that that only happened 20 years ago when I was young or immature. But, but sometimes it's happening now. Like last week or yesterday or this morning. So God, would, would you change my heart? God, would you, would you change my heart? Give me a heart that's full of gratitude. And so we respond in repentance. We request and we ask God uh, to change our heart. And then... And then we remember, right? We remember. We remember two things. We remember what God has done and what he has promised to do. And I think both are really important. Like we think back to our minds and go, man, I want to remember God's past faithfulness uh, to his word and to his promises. I want to look back and uh, remember the graciousness that God has extended to me. I want, to, I want a track record in my life. And so maybe, that's, maybe we write it down in a journal. Maybe we send ourselves an email. Maybe we, we write a little note, a little sticky note, and we put it somewhere where we'll see it every day. But I want to, I want to remember God's graciousness and his goodness uh, to me. And so we we just, we just go around, I go around, and I just remember um, little things and big things that God has done. Like, he gets me up in the morning, and I'm going, God, thank you. Man, another, another day of life. Like, God breathed in me today. Lord, thank you. I sit down at the kitchen table and have breakfast, and I go, Lord, you provided a meal. You provided a meal. My stomach is full. 
It's cold outside and I walk into a warm house or it's hot outside and I walk into a cold house and I go, Lord, what a gift. What a gift. You've given us a place to stay and, and live. You just live life like this. You, you say, God, open my eyes and then you notice like his good hand in your life and you, and you give him thanks. You remember what he's done but then I think also as a people of God we remember what he will do. Like we remember his promises. Sometimes the thing that keeps us going is not just God's past grace, but his future grace. Right? That he's made promises to us in his word, and his word can be trusted. They are, they are true. And so we, got, we say, God, thank you for what you will do. And so we respond in repentance. We request. We say, God, change on my heart, and we remember. We remember what God has done, and we remember what God will do. And so I want to do that this morning, just for a little bit. Can we do this? It's a little different. Uh, I want us just to speak back to God, and as, as a people of God, as a congregation, I just want us to give thanks, right? So if you're a kid this morning, if you're uh, not a kid, um, I'm going to ask you just as the Lord maybe brings to mind something that uh, he has done in your life in the past or something he promises to do in the future, I just want you to say this, say, God, I give you thanks for, and then just shout it out. Okay, we're going to do that for a little bit, and then I'll pray for us after. Um, but I just want us to do that. We, could, we can close our eyes right now if you want to. It's just kind of a prayer uh, to, the, to the Lord. But when God brings something to mind, little, big, um, I just want you to say, God, I give thanks to you uh, for. I give thanks to you for. God, I give a thanks to you uh, for, for these good people. Lord, I thank you uh, for Christ Point Church. Lord, I give you thanks for them. What a joy. What an absolute joy. It is to walk with and love these people. Father God, we give you thanks this morning for uh, your grace and for your goodness to us. Thank you for uh, your steadfast love. Uh, thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you, uh, you're so, so patient with us. Uh, God, thank you so much for uh, the joy that it is to be called uh, sons and daughters. I thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. Uh, Lord, that you are not a, a distant God, that you have uh, moved and acted. Thank you that you sent Jesus to come uh, to this earth, Lord, to walk uh, among us. Thank you for uh, his perfect life and death and resurrection. I uh, thank you for the new life that you give to us because of Jesus. God, we thank you again for uh, your track record of faithfulness. Thank you for uh, your kindness uh, to us. Uh, thank you again for your grace and your mercy. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much that you have loved us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.